Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Super pumped about this conversation. I am chatting with Haley, the resilient hairdresser. If you listen to the podcast for a long time, Haley is a returning guest. I think she has been on here possibly more than anyone else. Um, maybe Jody Brown wins that one. I'm not sure. Or they're a very, very close tie. Um, Haley is a licensed psychotherapist turned hairdresser turned mental health coach for hairstylists. I she is such a breath of fresh air. I love Haley to death. Um, I mean, her accent is like my favorite thing. She lives in the UK, and I just could listen to her talk forever. She makes everything sound so interesting, <laughs> but also she's very smart, and she is helping people change their mental health and helping them thrive uh, within their business and within their life through mental health. Um, This conversation we're talking about today, we're talking about having a bad day, how to cope with it, how to get through it, all of the things. Um, So please enjoy. But before I start this episode, I have a little something to talk to you about. Okay, so I have not done my Money Beyond the Chair group coaching program since last year. Why? Because I've been revamping it. Because I'm making it a little something special. So if you are ready to get your financial shit together and one-on-one coaching just feels too overwhelming, too much of an investment, whatever the reason is, this group coaching is going to be for you. I'm not launching it just yet, but I am putting out the wait list. I'm letting you know first. I'm putting it in the show notes. You can click it. You can get on the wait list. If you are on the wait list, you are going to get a special deal, special promotion, special offers. Um, There's going to be some exciting stuff for you and you're going to get first dibs so that you're able to get in. So if you have been wanting to work with me, this is your chance. Okay, this is your chance. So click in the show notes, um, get on the wait list and I will keep you updated because it's coming very, very soon. 
With that being said, please enjoy this episode. And if you are not following Haley, the resilient hairdresser on Instagram, also in the show notes, you can click her name and it's going to take you right to her Instagram and you need to follow her. Trust me. Enjoy. Hi, Haley. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm all right. How many times have you been on the podcast now? Is this like five or six or? (laughs) Is it? I feel like it's four or five. I feel I'm pretty sure between you and Jody, y'all have been on, I think, the most. (laughs) I need to beat Jody now. (laughs) I'll have to look. I'm going to go back and look. Well, the thing is, I think you're right. You and I I have such great conversations. Yeah. And before we start this one, because I'm very excited about this one, and I think this is actually a very important conversation, um, Mm -hmm. I want you to tell the people who you are and what you do. So my name is Hayley Jepson, and my business is The Resilient Hairdresser. And so my background is uh, I was a hairdresser for 30 years, and I'm also a qualified psychotherapist. Uh, And I retrained as a psychotherapist because I was burnt out as a hairdresser. And I wanted to quit. (laughs) And so I did. And that's what I did. Um, But then I found therapy, working as a therapist, quite a lonely job. And so I ended up doing a day of hair for a friend of mine to help them out. Uh, And then I realized I loved doing hair again. Uh, and, And so essentially, I learned that what I learned as a therapist served me well as a hairdresser. And I decided to make a business out of that, which is how I end up, which is why I talk to hairdressers about mental health. So that's what I do every day is I talk to the hair community about mental health, either by educating in salons, one-to-one coaching online, um, speaking at hair conferences. I've got memberships um, where I drip drip information. And so that's essentially me. <laughs> it's a yes. jumbled version of me and um, what I do. I love it. I mean, I think that's why I like talking to you so much, right? Because you have a completely different like um, perspective on a lot of things that stylists and educators in the industry talk about because you've literally trained to be a therapist rather than, (laughs) you know, rather than a stylist that are like, oh, we're like therapists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm going to sit down and get paid more. So I, yeah, I retrained it. It was good. It was great. I absolutely loved being a therapist aside from the fact that I find it too lonely. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it was too lonely for me. And um, and I remember telling my supervisor, like, I'm finding this lonely. And he said, I'm not surprised, Taylor. He yeah, said, yeah. this, he said, it's going to be di- difficult for someone with your personality. And I thought, I don't know what you mean by that, but. Um, <laughs> well, you I, have to sit down and listen to other people as a therapist, where as a hairstylist, it's a back and forth, you know, yeah. so you can, it's a give and take rather than just like sure. a. I mean, as a therapist, it's a one-sided conversation and that's the point. Um, but, but it was more about not having colleagues. Mm, yes. There's no banter in the staff room. There was no staff room. <laughs> I understand that, that completely as a coach now. It's, yeah. You know, I mean, I get on my calls. I do stuff like this. This is the one thing that like keeps me sane, I feel like. And then I do work behind the chair the one day a week. Um, but it at first when I wasn't working behind the chair, it was really, really difficult. Like just to like be home all the time, alone all the time. And I still have moments, which actually is going to roll perfectly into our topic for today. I still have moments where I wish I had like a business partner or like 
an assistant or something at like something that when I'm in a space that is like not ideal, that I can throw things back and forth. And granted, I have friends that I can reach out to, but mm-hmm. you know, they've got stuff going on. You don't want to like impede on their good day with your bad day. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's tough. I remember that phase when you first um, quit hairdressing and went full time. It, it was around when you were homeschooling your son and all that stuff. Which was and, miserable. And I remember you talking about, validation to me all the time. Yep. I still talk about it because it's still something that I've gotten better about. Like, I think I needed to realize it that year. And then it's been a couple years to still work through it, you know, but with that being said, I kind of want to talk about bad days. Like, so this, this week, actually, this is kind of what, what brought this topic up for me in my mind. Anyway, I woke up on Monday and I just wasn't feeling great. I just, I was in a mood. I wanted to cry for no, nothing happened, right? There was no thing that happened that put me in a bad space. I was just in a space and it lasted for about three days. And this happens, especially now, actually it's probably always happened. I think I just notice it more now that I have like more alone time. Um, Every couple months, right? Sometimes once a month, it could be a period thing, to be honest. Like, I really don't know. Um, but, um, and I was trying for the last three days to kind of find my happy again, right? Or try to find, you know, you hear all these things about gratitude and I get grateful. Yes, exactly. Like gratitude and like all these things. And some days it's really hard to find, even if nothing particular is going wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found the last three days is that sometimes you just feel this way, right? Yeah. Some, you are a human being and sometimes you just are in a funk. And I, yesterday started feeling better. I kind of just posted a little something in my stories and the amount of people that reached out and was like, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I've been like that too this week, blah, blah, you know? And I realized that there is this idea that we have to be happy, have to feel good, have to be positive all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we don't feel good, because again, we are human beings, we think something's wrong with us. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about this a little bit from your perspective. I mean, I have so many things to say. I figured I saw you writing things down. <laughs> I have to write them down before they're gone. <laughs> I, I think there's a few things. I think the number the number one thing I want to say is that um, as a therapist, I used to think about one aspect of my job was to help people be okay with all their emotions. You know, it's like you're a human being, you're going to feel them all, whether you like it or not. And even if you might be avoiding angry and sad, which a lot of us are, um, you're still going to feel it. And so, and some of us spend our lives avoiding feeling certain feelings. uh, And then it's so bad when we do feel them. And, and so a lot of therapy work, you know, for me, when I was, when I was a therapist and me as a client, was getting okay with those things that were harder, which is basically anything other than happy right. <laughs> and content. Um, you know, the rest of them are pretty tough. And so it was about being okay and accepting that I think things come and go. People can't see what I'm doing now. What am I doing? I've missed it with my hands. Like eb- ebbs and flow. Wait, yeah, like, like, like a wave. Yeah, you ride the wave as a human being, I think. And I there's I have a class I teach to salons and essentially it's about it's called manage your mood. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, and it's about um, looking after your own mood and looking after the team, like keeping the vibe up in a salon and playing your part. And what I say to people at the beginning is, and people are always a little bit like shocked, um, but I say it because I want to give permission, is that it's not normal to feel happy all the time. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Like we're not designed that way. And if if you try, if you aim to be happy all the time, you will fail and then you will feel bad about the fact that you're failing. And guess what? You won't feel happy. And so it becomes this sort of cycle of setting yourself up to fail. And so an acceptance that you're not meant to be happy all the time is a good place to start. Yes. I love that. That was kind of where it was going through my head. It's like, this is normal. It's fine. Just let it like, just sit in it. Right. Cause in the past it would be like, okay, I have to get drunk. I have to, like, I have to numb this. Right. Like yes, I have my states. Yes. yes. I think that's a really good thing. Actually. One, one thing I learned again, I always, I learned things in therapy and as a therapist, you know, and so it, on both sides of it, but often so many of us have got ways of changing our states Mm. and so it basically means how can I get out of this feeling and into another one and we have so many ways and so getting drunk very popular classic very popular (laughs) classic one for all of us for a lot of people um scrolling your phone having sex shopping Shopping. I I like online shopping Mm -hmm. um overworking overworking for sure that's, that's an easy distraction right you're and you're yeah. bringing in money so like in your mind you're like doing something yeah. good but really you're just distracting yourself yeah. focusing on other people mm. 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 so focusing on other people's problems throwing yourself into your kids lives so heavily that you lose yours Ooh. there's real oh I know controversial um but there's there's all sorts of ways that we choose to change our state and drinking drugs is works brilliantly until it yeah. doesn't you right. know working they all work brilliantly till they don't because then Do we you, need that state right do you think that that the state of the world with social media right we are seeing everyone's quote unquote lives at all times do you mm. think that this plays a big part in the idea that we are supposed to be positive and happy and and joyful all the time grateful I mean when someone tells me to be grateful I just feel like punching them in the face most of the time (laughs) I really although I do in a personal way sometimes think about what I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. I find that easier to do when I'm sad but if I'm angry and someone tells me to do that I just think piss off (laughs) like it's it's patronizing Mm. and so I'm really careful about giving advice out like get a grateful journal. I don't really go for stuff like that. I it's funny you say that. I want to come back to that. You finish, but I want to come back write to Write that the- down because one of us will try and remember. <laughs> um, what was I saying, Mystic, is my brains? Uh, the great, the gratitude journal. But you don't like that. I don't like that, no. But I don't know what my point was before that. <laughs> well, talking about like social media, right? And like how there's oh, this idea yeah. that everything needs to be positive and every, you know, that... Being yeah, bad mood doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot. You know, like they. I mean, we've all heard people say um, people play their highlight reel on social media, and I think some do. And I think some um, completely what I would call spill their guts on social media as well. And these are all different ways. But 
I do feel like it might even, I would say social media, but even maybe women's magazines, mm-hmm. just like the media, let's say, really um, can make you feel bad if you're just not, you know, hashtag grateful 24-7, living your best life with your best spouse and your perfect kids and your good outfit. Right. And I think social media really plays into that. I think there's a lot of accounts out there that I would call toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. I, I really hate it. Like, I really hate it. And I think we do it to ourselves as well. Like that thing I was saying when we think we've got to be happy 24-7, that's buying into it. And, right. and the, the toxic positivity is it makes us feel worse. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of doom. It kind of, if you buy into it, it ensures you will feel bad. Right. But it's tricky to recognize sometimes. There's a lot of people peddling a lot of what I call trite advice. Mm, Yes. I want to go back to the toxic positivity thing too, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about the gratitude thing for a second, because this is, it's interesting. You brought up the gratitude journal because it's something I started this year. Um, And it was, what was happening with me is I was waking up in the morning and I was immediately grabbing my phone and I was scrolling Instagram and I was getting in that like shit mindset, right? Like I would wake up just in a bad mood and I have to take care of an eight-year-old in the morning, get him ready for school. So that like, you're already in like a, a, a situation. Not perfect this day. What's yeah. Like you're, you're in the situation that's like super frustrating and like starting yeah. with like, you know, scrolling and the ideas of I'm not doing enough and this person's further the comparison thing. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to think of a good way for me to like wake up in a different space. So what I started in January is I put a journal next to my bed and I started, I wake up in the morning and I pick up the journal and I write three things that I'm grateful for. And I had read somewhere or like saw somewhere to like, be very specific. Don't just say like my family, like be like specific. Like I'm grateful that my husband lets me have this time to, you know what I mean? So So anyway, I do that. And then I read a little bit of like a self-improvement book. And then I'm allowed to pick up my phone for like 15. So I basically cut the time down, put myself in a good headspace, cut the time down a little bit. Anyway, I will say the gratitude journal is been great. And, and the reason for this is, um, sometimes it's very hard to think of stuff. Like sometimes I am just in a mood like this week on Monday, I just stared at it for a long time. And I'm like, what am I grateful for? Which is kind of ridiculous. I have a lot of things in my life that I should be very grateful for, but some days like trying to like think of the small things can be really hard. So I have found that I enjoy it because it kind of puts things into perspective when Mm -hmm. everything feels like shit to me. And the past three days, what I was doing was I kept going, what do I need more of? This is like, I'm in a shit mood. What do I need more of? Do I need more love? Do I need more healing? Do I need more work? Do I need more rest? And like, I like kept trying to find the more, right? Mm -hmm. Quote, unquote. And what I realized this morning as I was doing my gratitude journal is that I don't need more of fucking anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just need to sit in this. And know that it's going to pass. And it did. I mean, I woke up feeling much better. Almost having that realization feels better, right? And throughout the three days, I was searching for the gratitude. I was like, okay, I'm grateful that I'm able to go out on this bike ride because my husband's taking care of my son. Like, But it was almost like when I couldn't find it, I was like mad at myself even more. 
Yeah. You know, so I think that the gratitude thing can be helpful. It's not always helpful. Well, I think it's a side dish is how I think about it. Mm, It's a nice to have, but it's not going to sort your mental health out. Right. It depends, you know, it depends on where on the spectrum we're struggling. Right. I think it's a great practice if it suits you. And it sounds like it suits you. And I'll tell you this, um, it's not overly for me. I don't. I don't like journaling and all that. It's just not for me. I can't, um, it feels like being told what to do. So I don't like it. Feels like homework. Feels like homework and I'm really not a fan. But I do do it sort of automatically. I've sort of trained myself to really notice the good as much as is possible, you know, on my good days. But it doesn't mean that I don't tell people to do stuff like that sometimes. But it's a suggestion. Does this sound like something you'd like? Right. And I lean into something similar when I'm struggling. And so what I do is um, when I'm struggling, I make a decision to take a photo of something that made me happy or I was grateful for every day. Ooh, I and like so I, that. Yeah, I can't do it in the morning because that's homework. I need a whole day. But what it does is on those in those bad times, I basically spend all day going, what am I going to take a photo of? And I just spend the whole day looking for the good stuff. Which right. Means- focusing on the bad stuff and so the point is who cares what's on the photograph the point was I spent all day going is this good is this good this good and I spent all day looking towards the good and 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 that's the point right and that's the point yes that's not the end game yes and that's what I was thinking the other day when I all day long I was kind of like you know trying to find the happy trying to find the gratitude whatever and it wasn't until the end of the day when I was on my bicycle the sun was about to go down I was listening to my favorite music there was like wind in my hair and I was so grateful that my husband was home with my son so that I was able to do that like and it was like oh there it is <laughs> yeah. and I, so I wonder if like for you the permission would be that you have all day to do it Yes, I like that. I you like know, that. you yeah. can have a go at three in the morning and if it's not coming easily, you can spend all day and you'll find it by the end of the day. Well, and that's the whole point of gratitude, right? Is is to, and I want to wrap this into toxic positivity because there is something to be said about finding the good in things, right? Like there is something sure. to be said about like, this is happening for me, not to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, sometimes, I mean, I'm a venter when something happens, I want to vent about it. I'm not going to immediately be like, oh, well, that didn't work out, but everything, you know, it's for the best and blah, blah. like, I'm still going to cry. I'm still going to yell. I'm still going to get mad. I'm still, you know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to find the good in it later. Yeah. So should we be like, yeah, you should should have the lesson. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, this did not happen the way I wanted it to, but what did I get out of it? Well, I learned maybe I should do this different or maybe I need to work on this or whatever. So should the toxic positivity be more so like, hey, yell, scream, cry, and then find the lesson in it after? (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's hard, isn't it? I don't even want to be told to find the lesson. Do you know that? (laughs) You don't want to be told anything. (laughs) I I really, I'm not a fan of people telling me how I feel and what I should do. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it being like, there's this thing. Do you want to try it on? And I'll be like, no, or yes. Okay. Right. You know, and so that's how, when I work with people, I'm always like, 
this is a thing that works for some, what do you think? But I would never say, I want you to go and write a gratitude journal. Right. There's no one size fits all. I would never say that to someone. I just wouldn't. That's not how I roll at all. I'd be like, these are some things I've got. What do you reckon? And people sometimes say, yeah, or they go, I'll tell you what I'll do is this. (laughs) And I like that. I think the thing is, the, the trouble for me with toxic positivity is it's missing a step. Mm, uh, talk to me about that. Doing. And so let's say something happens to you, uh, like what? Let's have a suggestion. Something happens to you, like um, one of your favorite clients leaves. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in hairdressing terms. One of your yeah. favorite clients leaves, or let's put it into personal terms. You get really sick. You get cancer. Okay. And so I'm writing these down so I don't forget. Um, and you tell someone about it and they say, yeah, but you got to be positive. Mm. So you tell someone, you know, I've just been diagnosed with cancer. Well, you've just got to stay positive. And I just think, fuck off. Well, you're telling them their feelings don't matter. Yeah. Because I think, I think there is validity in staying positive in tough situations when you're fucking ready yes and that's the problem for me is that people want you to hurry hurry up and get positive so it's less uncomfortable for them Mm, and this is what gets me and so it's like if I tell you I've got cancer I want you to I'd be raging if I got cancer so I would feel raging um and I want you to be raging with me Mm-hmm. about yeah. how unfair it is and I want you to listen to that until I'm done yep you know it's funny that you say that I learned this a while ago um and I don't remember where or what probably a podcast knowing me and it was talking about just that like sometimes people just want to be validated in their feelings and it is completely I think this mistake, people always want to be validated yes Yes, exactly. So when somebody says something, tells me something now, because I used to be like, I used to do that. Like, because that's what you think you're supposed to do, right? Like, oh, you should be helpful. Right. So now I just go, that fucking sucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's like, because it does. And like half the time you're right. You're sitting there wondering, what do I say? What do I say? I don't want to mess with them. I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to continue this conversation because I don't know how to talk about this topic or whatever and just go. That sucks. Yeah, that sounds shit. I've no idea what to say. Right. That's what I say to people is I have no idea what to say, but I just want to show up. Yes. Yeah. I have a rule that I show up no matter what when it's hard. And, And so like, you know, if my friends are grieving or terrible things have happened, even if I have got no idea what I'm going to say, I just show up and I say, this is shit, but I don't know what to say, but I just wanted to come. Do you know what I mean? And so that's the rule I have for myself. But I think it's just about validate someone's feelings and then say, what do you need? Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important to think about for anyone listening, for all the stylists listening, when their clients are sitting in their chair complaining about something in their lives or upset about something in their lives, they don't need you to tell them everything's going to be okay necessarily. They don't, you know what I mean? Like they just- yeah, get a grateful journal. See, at that point, being told yep. to get a grateful journal is so patronizing. Well, it's saying you're not paying it. Like it's saying that part that you're talking to me about doesn't matter. So think about the the good things where- 
can we get to solutions quickly, please? Right. It's, action, action feels comfortable. Um, and inaction and sitting in it is uncomfortable. That. So, yeah. We want to, sometimes we, without thinking, because people are not always doing this on purpose. They're doing it because they don't know. Yes. And when we don't know, we don't know. Um, but when we do know, we do better, you know? And And I think sometimes we speed people up because it's, awful yeah awful and we just want it to be we want to be into solutions phase because doing things feels better it's why angry feels good angry is a doing so sitting it people stay in anger for a long time because it feels great right well and it's easier yeah it's way easier to be angry than sad oh angry is excellent sometimes isn't it who don't look around angry is great because it's full of energy yeah so yeah. that's interesting because when I do get in funks, I have to go do something. I have a weird thing. I hate running. I do not like to run. When I am in a bad mood, I will put on my running shoes and I will run for like two miles. Mm-hmm. And it is the weirdest thing. And I will be in, a, I will come home feeling so much better. And mm-hmm. it's this weird, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm running away from my problems for a little bit and it feels good. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's true. I'm sure there's some like serotonin bursters I'm sure there's another the dopamine for one isn't it but did you say you do that when you're angry when I am angry yes I will run energy in it and I think off a little bit so I think that makes sense Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering though with stuff like that like you know is that a good coping mechanism or am I trying to suppress my anger rather than just feeling it I, I think you are feeling it by running it off yeah you know, I think you're feeling it. You're sort of um, expressing it. Right. In a way, like getting it out. Yeah. And so that you can be more clear because, you know, it's not generally speaking brilliant to have conversations and react when you're in that emotion, mm-hmm. in the feeling. And so I think finding a way to move through the feeling and then having whatever conversation you need to have because you're angry, it's smart to do it after the run. Yes, I agree with you on that. Oh, yeah, because reactivity, it's so easy to just get reactive in the moment. Yeah, and so I'm always, in all areas of my work, actually, always getting people to buy themselves time. Mm-hmm. Find ways to buy yourself time. Embrace the pause. That's something that I learned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that goes for so many different things. Even like, you know, when you're charging your client, just like, insta- like this is kind of off subject, but like, you know, stylists will say it's going to be $200 today. And then there's this silence and they're like adding words in there because they are uncomfortable. Just like you said earlier, you know, wow. we're more worried about our discomfort when in actuality, maybe the, the, you know, the client is trying to figure out what card to use or, yeah. you know, when they want to book their next appointment, like just have the pause. Like, like yeah. it sounds more confident if you're okay with a little bit of silence. <laughs> it's true. Do you know that Brené Brown did a little study on this? Really? I did not. I told you this before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she re- she's done a study that uh, when there's an awkward moment like that, the awkward feeling will never last more than eight seconds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Someone will crack. <laughs> yeah. And so if you can sit in that for eight seconds the other person will crack. And so I, I talked to hairdressers about this in this way. Uh, you know, when you say, I'm really sorry, I haven't got anything. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't got any late nights till August or something. And Silence. then 
silence mm-hmm. and count to eight slowly in your head because they'll probably go, oh, well, I could probably take a half day from work then. Yep. Before exactly. you go, oh, I'll come in on my day off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got to hold it. Yeah. And, and off. But I, I think something that might be smart to talk about, um, Misty, about, you know, a bad being in a bad day mm-hmm. is um, learning to name your emotions. Have you ever heard about this? A I, I, little bit, but I'd like bit. to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, um, I, I know about this and I learned a little bit more about it recently. And um, one of the best, thing, you know, we th- there's studies. Okay, Brené Brown did a study about um, how many emotions humans can name. Mm. Three. Most people. Really? Can three. Happy, yeah. sad, angry. Yeah, what else have you got? Um, I mean, frustrated jealousy. I mean, I, I read a lot of her stuff, so I feel like yeah, I can like, quite a few. <laughs> of the heart. I've got seven say, um, but most people can name three. Mm. And what happens is people say I'm angry. And what, what might be more true is disappointed. That, I was going to say that. Yep. Or frustrated. Yep. Or even sad. Mm-hmm. Or irritated. Mm-hmm. But if we've not got a good vocabulary around emotions, we'll say angry. Yep. You say to your partner, I'm angry. That might be a bit bigger than what it is, but then we also feel it's bigger than what it is. Does right. that make sense? Yes. If we can get more nuanced around naming our emotions, we can move, th- we can figure out how we're feeling and move through it. Yes. And so I think there's a couple of things you could do on a bad day. I've got a couple of things. Um, and so I think the first thing to do is like, so you think about your bad day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I would say, you know, how were you feeling? What, what, I wanted what to cry for no reason. So I would probably say sad. You would say sad. And if you had to think of, say, a couple more describing words, what impatient. would you say? I think mm-hmm. impatient. Um I think frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say even a sense of um, resentment in, at times in those days, I would say, which that she that's something uh, Brene Brown talks about recently. Oh, I love resentment. It's like, it's such a good, it's such a good word. <laughs> but I think all of a sudden that's more filled in, isn't it? Right. What you're feeling, because sad is very overarching. Mm-hmm. But really what you're telling me, you felt impatient, frustrated, and resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't have to answer this question out loud, but you can answer it in your head if you want, or either. But then I might say, "What's the what's the story you were telling yourself that day?" Oh my gosh, it depended on the hour because there was quite a few that you <laughs> yeah. know. Well, yeah. and it comes down to, I mean, to answer your question, you know, comes down to just the plan not being where you want it to be, but that wasn't the truth. Yeah. So my mind was telling me this, but when you looked at, sit down and look at the facts, that is not true, which happens. And I know this, it doesn't make the feeling go away, which that's what I find the most fascinating Mm -hmm. is, is, and this is what I want people to understand out of this whole conversation is that sometimes you're just going to feel the feelings 
and there yeah. really isn't a whole lot you can do about it. <laughs> well, they'll just keep coming back until you feel them. Yes. Different ways, depending mm-hmm. how important they are. Right. Coming back. But I really would encourage people to name the emotion and then try harder. Yes. Let's you know what I thought about during yeah. this time? I thought about when I was full-time behind the chair and I would do somebody's hair and maybe it was my fault. Something got messed up or maybe they were just jerks or whatever, you know, whatever. Having a client that those nights where you lay in bed and you think about like, you should quit. Like, yeah. did you ever have one? I feel like every I mean, hairdresser. Yes. <laughs> That is how, what it reminded me of, of like, okay, this one thing happens and then you feel like everything's wrong. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it feels like shame that as well. Ooh, yes. Yes, it does. You know, it's the I'm wrong thing, isn't it? Right. I'm something wrong with me type thing, you know, and all all hairdressers have lay in bed thinking I shouldn't be doing this. I'm no good. Right. Right. And if you haven't felt that yet, you will. (laughs) It's like the, um, oh, you've officially made it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But I think if you can get better at naming your remote, well, the evidence is Mm -hmm. if you can get better at naming your emotions, uh, you will be able to process them better. Yes. Because if you just sat around thinking you were sad, it's not a true representation I'm discovering of what you felt that day. Right. And then if you can work on what's the story I'm telling myself now, how mm-hmm. true is that? Right. You're, 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 you're starting to process and you're moving through. Right. You can't go over, under, or around emotions. You've got to go through. Yeah. Let's talk drink, to the- You can drink and right. you can do drugs and you can go around, but you're not really there. Stay there. Yep. They don't go anywhere. They just no. bottle up and then they're going to overflow one day. Well, Let's talk to the person that's listening to this that doesn't like to feel any of the emotions. Well, I would think about therapy. Mm-hmm. I would. Yep. I really think about therapy. It's very hard to move through the world when you don't want to feel feelings. Mm-hmm. Tough. But I think that sometimes people avoid their feelings because it makes them feel too fragile and they possibly haven't got enough coping strategies yet to feel them. Right. And so what happens when you go to therapy is they don't make you feel your feelings till you've got some coping strategies. Right. They don't come in and just like wound you in the heart and like tell me everything. That's not how it works. Like when I when I was a therapist, my, I would go like this. I want to know how resourced are you as a human? Who have you got? Who's on your side? Who's looking after you? When you open this box, who's gonna, how are you gonna, how are we gonna close it? Who's gonna look after you? Because otherwise, don't open that box. It's right. It's not smart. Bring up all the fields and then send them home. Trackers. Right. It's unethical, terrible behavior. Uh, and so I think going to therapy is a brilliant place to start. Um, that's not possible for everyone. I think reading Atlas of the Heart is a really good option. I have not read that yet. Um, for you, anyone listen that this is another Brene Brown book. And the only reason I haven't read it is it looks like a textbook. Yeah. I listened to it. Okay. I'm not a reader. 
Yeah. This is what I do. I listen to things on audiobook. And if I want to use, if I think, oh, I'm going to need that as a reference book, I buy it. Right, right. I can refer back to it, but I listen to things first. Yes, I see your home edit. Books. My my color coded <laughs> my color coded bookshelf behind me. Yes, I have one similar. <laughs> Atlas of the Heart is really good, where it sort of describes emotions. Yes. And I think if you don't do emotions, I'm doing air quotes. If you don't do emotions, um, that'd be a really enlightening read. Yes. And I want you to, to, and you could even go, if you've never heard of Brene Brown and you don't do emotions, go on um, um, Netflix. I think it's on Netflix still. And call to courage, watch it. Um, Because it's very interesting. I was the um, hard ass angry person for a long time. Me too. Yes. Because I was putting up a wall around myself and I didn't want anyone to hurt me any more than I had already been hurt when I was younger, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things. And it wasn't until I got older and started doing all, you know, therapy and coaching and like all the reading and all the things that I realized how, how it is not weakness to feel your feelings, to talk about your feelings, to, you know, go to therapy to, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means that you are fully understanding the full human experience. And, and I think it is actually harder to do those things than it is to numb. Well, I don't know. You might say different in, in that case. Cause I mean, it can be really hard to live without tapping into that stuff. So. Yeah. It's really different for everyone, isn't it? There's a, my therapist used to a quote on her business card. I'm going to ruin it, but it was something like, uh, and the day came to change when it was harder to stay tight in a bud than it was to bloom. Yes. Well, that's the thing, right? Like you think that like, well, opening up my feelings and opening up all this stuff is going to be so difficult, but like, you're so miserable. Yeah. This is too hard now. Right. On a daily basis. I think the thing to bear in mind as well, which I really paid attention to for a long time was, you know, if you build this wall up where people can't hurt you and they don't let them in, you don't let the good stuff in either. You can't be selective. It's not a filter. If you have a wall, okay, no bad stuff comes in, but no good stuff comes in either. And it's very difficult to live a life when no good stuff's coming in. Yes. And it's unrealistic to think that life is going to be all good. Yeah. It's it's all about getting some alternative coping strategies. Yes. It's about building resilience, you know? So instead, that's why the best (laughs) called that. But it's more like, what what's better than what would work as well as drinking well what would work better right so so that's funny because you think about okay what makes you happy right a good talk with friends yeah like there when I, this week i mean poor jody on monday <laughs> i i like talked to jody for like an hour cuz i just needed it and it was super helpful you mm-hmm. know so i always tell people like like what do you need what makes you really feel good you know, yeah. like really feel good, not just mm-hmm. like alcohol and I want a little buzz and Instagram then I have a headache. Looks good. Do what? Not Instagram looks good. Exactly. Feels good. Right. And that's, I thought about you so much the last three days because there was so every day I wanted to post something online and I wanted to do it because I wanted people to reach out and tell me it would be okay. Aww. And I didn't because I knew that that really wasn't what I wanted. Like it was, but it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, 
And I waited until yesterday when I just wanted people to know that they're not alone. And it was like a different approach than I was originally going to approach it. And I thought of you the whole time. Why am I posting this? For anyone who um, hasn't heard Haley on the podcast before, and I, our last, I think it comes out, it came out in May because this one won't come out until June. Um, uh, and we talk about that of like, why are you posting? What is the reason? Like, are you looking for validation? Are you looking for like, you know, what? know yeah. why you're doing it. So I thought about you a ton this week because I think a part of it was there's this loneliness when you're by yourself and when you're in a mood, mm -hmm. you know? So like what makes me feel better is finding that connection. You're not alone, you know? Yeah. So instead of doing it on the internet with people that maybe I know, maybe I don't know, I literally reached out to a friend and exactly. I, Which yeah. exactly what I mean. It's like, you know what you want and you could reach out on Instagram, but really I would reach out for it in a, in a more connected way. Yes. People that know you more. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes Brilliant. Instagram can give you a, a, a facade of connection. I mean, yes, it's there to connect. I, and anyone listening, you can connect with me anytime, but you know, it's very different than calling your best friend or sitting down and having a drink with somebody you knew since high school, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think depending on where your mindset is, you know, it really depends on what, what you need. I think all this, I have a lot of connection through Instagram um, as well. And I met a load of great people on Instagram um, that I talk to all the time. But I sometimes think to myself, if Instagram went down tomorrow, who am I still in connection with? Yeah. Who have I got their number? That's what I was going to say. Who actually has my phone number? Yeah. Who actually has my number? Because plenty of people I met on Instagram have got my number. Yep. Same. Or my email, they know how to get hold of me apart from on Instagram. And so in times of stress, I reach out to people who've got my number. Yep. Yep. And I think that's important to think about is, is not kind of back to the drinking thing, right? Like, like finding ways to cope, finding healthy ways to cope. Yeah. Ones that don't bite you in the bum down the line. Mm -hmm. So I think about it, you know, I call it legal fun now. <laughs> I was like, I need some legal fun um, because I find like drinking doesn't suit me anymore. It's I, funny. I, I'm not, a, I, I like oh, a couple of drinks, but I don't like to yeah. get like drunk, drunk anymore me at too. all. I, I get drunk, drunk maybe once a year. Yes. Accidentally. By and accident, then I hate myself yeah. for three days. <laughs> <laughs> By accident. It's going to happen in a couple of weeks. I think I'm going to a festival, but um, I don't really drink it doesn't do it for me anymore it doesn't work and I find now it's legal fun things that work for me it's yeah. going for a walk with my friends meeting for a coffee it's, yeah. it's really really basic stuff and don't be scared to reach out to those people I think sometimes when we're in a mood I know I sometimes I don't I don't want to bother them right I don't want to like and I won't straight up just like send my friend a message and just dump I will very much wow. be like, Hey, like I'm kind of in a funk. Do you have some time to chat, you yeah. know? And, and nine times out of 10, if they're good friends, they make time. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it's important to, to realize I think it's to check someone's got capacity. Right. Cause sometimes, you know, like you might reach out to Jody and she'd just be like, Misty, I'm going to be honest. Me too. Yeah. I was going to exactly. So I'll, I'll do a bit of mutual moaning with you. Yep. Uh, but you know, I don't have the energy to pick you up. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I found that this, the last three days with, you know, just like people DMing or whatever. And I was like, I just didn't even have the energy to say hi. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> which is okay. So also if you're listening and you are reaching out to somebody just because you want to connect with them, they might be in a funk. Yeah. They might not I, be in the mood for it. We've got into this thing now where people are supposed to reply on the day and all of that. And it's just not how it goes. Is it? Right. Exactly. Mm. Um, Haley, as always, I absolutely <laughs> love this conversation. I love our conversations all the time. Um, tell everyone where they can find you because that you need to follow Haley, like for your mental health as a hairstylist, you need to follow her. If you are not stop what you're doing and do it right now. I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, not so much the Facebook. I'm there, but I don't, I'm not on it as much. I'm on Instagram on the resilient hairdresser. Mm-hmm. If you just put that into the search, I pop up. Yep. Or you can find her on my page. <laughs> yeah. Just ask Misty. Yeah, exactly. DM us, connect with us. Yeah. We're in good moods. <laughs> Misty's followers list. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> uh, Haley, thank you so, so, so much as always. And I'm sure you'll be on again here soon. Can't wait. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.